0: So we have uh, we're trying to keep up with anything and everything that that you know new to the market. We test a lot of new products, so some some are not yet available. But testing is one of our biggest uh, pluses for our company. Uh, we've got a new rye and radish blend, R and R blend. Uh, if, if you're looking for soil health, we've got you covered on that. It still has the attraction. Uh, we've got a new 4-H blend. We're working with 4-H uh, you know, all around the U.S. So working with kids, trying to encourage them to plant our food plots. So we do have a, a blend for them. We also give a little bit back to 4-H for every you know, person of every bag.
1: Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand. Walking in the earth.
2: Hey, Redbone, did you hear about that new deer feed? What new deer feed?
1: Hey, Buck Grits, boys. You ain't heard of that yet? Buck Grits? Buckgrits.com. Buck
2: well, tell us about it. What makes it better than any other deer feed?
0: Well, Buck Grits has got the protein a deer needs. It's got the fat a deer needs. It's got the amino acids. It's got the energy. It's got it all, brother. It's going to well, bring them back after the rut, and it's going to put a rack on their head.
2: And it's going to help the and dough, I assume, too, after they have the fawns.
0: That's right. Keep the fawns going and get them for the next crop. Well,
2: where can I get Buck Grits?
0: Buckgrits.com. You can get a sample, you can order it directly from the website, and we're coming to a retailer near you. If you want
2: to help a deer hurt, use Buck Grits. I've been on a big boy for a while. I can load him in the back of my truck. We can take it to a holler. Take it to a field. A crowd's a creek of a big old hill. Yeah, right pair of foods, passed on down Why deep in the ground hornady eagle seat Plot, buck grits presents american roots outdoors welcome to the show everybody we are in the studio at k country 95 and in the studio we'll is Mr. Wayne Locke and Redbone Mike Crace. We have beautiful weather here in the Ozarks. We've had drizzling rain for the last two days. The temps have cooled way down, Redbone.
3: Yeah, but by the time we get to Saturday, they're going to be warming <laughs> back up. It will be, but we're getting it's some still, moisture in the ground. It's still August. It's still August.
2: Yes, and we're getting moisture in the ground. Yep. All I can think about is food plots, food plots, food plots. I've been bush hogging. I bush hogged one of the properties that I have, Wayne, as you know. Yep. And it was about 13 acres. It took me eight, eight and a half hours. It was so tall, the Sirica Lespedeza had taken over that field. It hadn't been bush hogged in over 10 years. There was doze with fawns everywhere, guys. So oh, wow. food plotting season is here. And that's our subject matter of this week's show. Uh, and our special guest today is Mr. Brad Doyle, uh, president of Eagle Seeds, EO and uh, they long, make long
1: time long time contributor to the show oh so. man
2: he's been with us how many years
1: all right every all i know started, is every time think... we have every time we have him on we, we we get done with the hour and it's like we we, we still have so much more we could have talked about <laughs> yeah. the man just is so so knowledgeable him and the whole family there he is a
3: walking encyclopedia yes of he is food plotting and just planning in 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 general right
2: and you know the thing is you know we're always talking about food plotting but their bigger source is actually cotton farmers, rice farmers, mm-hmm. uh, bean farmers, Yeah, soybeans, soybeans. And that's their forte is soybeans. Yeah. And we're going to have him on the show that we're going to talk to the farmers and the outdoorsmen today on the show. But before we go to that segment, too, let's talk about current events. Football season is the bonus high school football season. The Chiefs played Chicago Bears. And I, I'm wondering, how did it, did they get beat? But, we're gonna let you t- explain <laughs> that.
3: How did they get beat, Red? Well, Bulls? let's see. Well, let's 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 look at it this way: the Chiefs got the ball first, okay, and uh, Patrick Mahomes went six for seven for sixty yards in the touchdown <laughs> in about three minutes. <laughs> the first team offense never stepped back on the field. The second team, when they got the ball, drove down the field, scored a touchdown, and the safety kicked the extra point. The safety. Yeah, well he'd been telling them he could yeah. kick all yeah. this time. Yeah. Uh, this Reed kid. And sure enough, he drilled the extra point right down the middle. So they've got a backup kicker without having to take up another spot on the roster with an actual kicker. This kid hit a sixty five yard field goal in practice. Oh my gosh. Yes. So so so, so the, the third string and fourth string quarterbacks played three fourths of the game and in the second half there are a whole bunch of guys playing for Kansas City that will never play on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> And the Chicago Bears managed to come back and beat them nineteen to fourteen.
2: Yeah, three four. Well, nineteen <laughs> sixteen.
1: I
3: 19, no, 14 they scored It scored two touchdowns. Okay. nothing. Okay. so it wasn't thirty to
1: nothing that I had predicted the week before. <laughs> if, Patrick, if,
3: Patrick, <laughs> if Patrick Mahomes would have played more than one series in his offense, yeah, sorry, it offense. would have been thirty to nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, I yeah. predicted the Bears would win thirty to nothing because oh, I figured no. they were going to set Mahomes down. Like you said, don't even let him put his pants on because yeah. he'll pull a hammy. Yeah. You yeah. know, just keep well, him out took- of the game and. Well, he
3: played for about three minutes and then took the pads off, and he was done. Yeah. 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 And I don't think he'll play at all this week. Yeah. Week two. They're High playing, school they're playing football. Saturday afternoon against the uh, Washington Commanders.
2: Yeah. If a boy.
3: Up yeah. at uh, Arrowhead Stadium.
2: High school football. Cape Girada. I wonder who they're playing. Malden, uh, Dexter, Caruthersville, Popper Jackson, Bluff. Scott City, Haytai. Uh, we got Popper Bluff. Yep. Corning, Arkansas. Donovan. Donovan. All schools over there. Thayer, Mammoth Spring. Well, Mammoth Spring don't have a football no. team. But Thayer. Salem and Highland do. Salem, Missouri. Salem, Arkansas, and Highland. Uh, Ava, Mountain Grove. Will Springs, Houston. Kabul. Yep. yep. Who's the teams to watch? Let's talk about this again. Who are the teams to watch in our listening area?
3: In our listening area. Whew. That's a tough one. Uh, because I don't know a lot about the teams from the Southeast yet. Uh, but I'll be learning as the season goes on. Yeah. But in the SCA and in our surrounding area, uh, I think your Mountain View, Burt Street, Liberty Eagles are a team to watch. Mm-hmm. I think, personally, that they are the favorites to win the SCA championship. Uh, Mountain Grove, everybody's talking about, is being really good because they got almost everybody back from last
2: year. Mm-hmm.
3: And, but they're making some changes. And you got to you know wonder how those changes are going to be accepted by the players on mm-hmm. Friday night. So there's always that uh west plains Zizzers under joel wyatt you know new coach at west plains uh wants to run the ball more than they have in the past so you know it'll be interesting to see what the Zizzers get done because they graduated you know like 21 seniors last year so mm-hmm. they're coming back with a lot of kids yeah. that played a lot but mountain never mountain, home. mountain mountain home will be better this year than they have been the last uh, couple uh just because it's steve airy's third year and that's usually when Ackley's his teams back down there. Take a, not now. I thought he went back. Yeah. I, I, I know he I went to Kabul and maybe he did. Maybe he did. Yeah. But anyway, that's, you know, they're, they're going to be better. So yeah, there's a lot of good football around. Yeah. yeah. It remains to be seen. Well, the excited. thing that gets me about the area of football is we've got so, we had so many coaching changes. Yeah. So it's going to, you know, how long is it going to take for these new coaches to get their systems instilled and for the kids to buy in, and that'll that'll go a long ways toward deciding how good some of these teams are going to be and how successful. Mm-hmm.
1: Just hope nobody gets hurt. That's the big thing. That's what I was saying before it only takes one injury and whole whole team with these small teams and that small it only schools. takes one injury yeah, absolutely. and it could ruin the entire season.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, I know one or thing. benefit a team.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've got four great nephews playing on the Liberty Eagles football team: Reese Rutledge, uh, Jaron Rutledge. Brody Rutledge and Carter Pruitt. Carter Pruitt's quarterback. Uh, Jared, uh, Brody Rutledge is offensive tackle and the center and linebacker. Jaron Rutledge is on the line. Oh, He's a right guard, and he's also a second-string linebacker. He replaces Carter Pruitt. Something happened to Carter. And Reese is playing on the line also. He's a lineman. So I'm uh, excited to watch them kids play. They got a game to twenty sixth against Stratford here at Mountain View Birch Tree. Mm-hmm. Liberty Eagles. Season field. Opener. We got first three game first three games are at home. Four. Four games. Oh, first really? Four
3: games, yeah. Who's Who play in the next game. Uh mm-hmm. week two I don't know. I know okay. Thayer Thayer will be there in week three. Uh, it's okay. always you know our S C A kickoff. But uh, uh and of course a lot of teams played as this airs on Saturday, played last night on Friday in Jamborees. I know Thayer yeah. went to um Mountain Grove played with Houston and Willow and Mountain Grove. West Plains went up to, uh, Camdenton and played up there with some schools. But Liberty didn't go to a jamboree, this year. They had a blue and white scrimmage on Thursday. They
2: played against Mountain Home. They played a, bu- a bunch of schools somewhere in some scrimmage somewhere. Yeah, well, everybody's this. been doing that all summer. I'm gonna say this, Kevin Pruitt. My nephew Kevin has been taking his son Carter to private coaches, uh-huh. quarterback coaches. So he spent like three different trips to different states with Carter to work on his fundamentals and his footwork and his passing. I went and watched him practice the other day, man. All of his passes was on fire and in the numbers, man. He was he's really improved a lot
1: and so, hopefully he can stay healthy this year yeah stay healthy
2: yeah he got hurt last year also we're going to switch gears here we got about a minute left what about the St. Louis cardinals poo holes it two home runs in the same game that was awesome wasn't it
3: yeah well it's the 47th time he's done it in his career so <laughs> it's not that big a deal really he's like oh, another one 689 yeah. home run yeah another one yeah you know y'all he uh 47 multi-homer games in his career uh the next closest cardinal his stand usual with I think thirty one. Mm. That's how good Pujols was. And you gotta remember that for like six or seven of these years, he didn't even play in singles. Do you know they're already right. talking about signing him back for twenty twenty
2: three?
3: Yeah, but that's not gonna happen. Uh they're they, talking they about interviewed it. him the other day and he said, I'll be sitting if I'm at the stadium, I'll be sitting in the stands watching. That's exactly what he said.
1: Really? Yeah. yeah. Right. I see him in the broadcast booth. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody.
3: That was a good hit. That
1: was good.
3: He'll be on the bench coaching at work. I mean, he'll, right. he'll, be, he'll, be the, he'll be the next hitting coach. There you course. go.
2: We're going to go to break. We want to say uh,
3: hi to Liz Cheney. And uh, after that,
2: we'll return <laughs> with more American roots. What well, should Lord we say? Bye. We, goodbye, Liz.
0: <laughs> Hi everybody, this is Aaron Tiffin and you're listening to my old buddy Alex Rutledge with American Roots Outdoors and
2: Good Friends. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day?
3: I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move.
2: Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement, exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology. This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera. On a camera. Now- WiseEyeTechnologies.com.
3: And how do I find out more information about these guys?
2: You go to wiseismartcam.com. I'm using them. You should too. Make your hunt easier. Use wise eye. Come on Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. We are in the studio. And as promised, you know, it's food plot planting season time some of the farmers are also planting crops and our special guest today as promised is mr brad dole of eagle seed welcome to the show
0: brad thank you for having me today
2: yes sir i know you're on the road traveling you've been burning up the road you ought to run for governor or something in arkansas as much as you're running in the politics you're in man you've been in dc and been in all over the alaska. world that alaska i'm jealous of he's in alaska
1: <laughs> frequent flyer miles have you considered
2: running for an office
1: oh
0: probably not (laughs) 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 but i do enjoy speaking up for the farmers
2: yeah oh i know you do you're the president of the soybean growers association am i correct
0: yeah, American
2: Soybean Association. Yes, sir. Let, let's talk about I – want, I want to make this show – to uh, to address this show to farmers and food plotters. And let's just kick it off here. Uh, what's new with soybean farming in America right now? What's new? What's going on in the soybean world? The
0: right, yeah, the biggest thing right now is historically soybean prices have been – driven off of the soybean meal demand, but right now, it's the soybean oil, uh, where we crush the soybean and, and get that oil from there, which can be used for cooking oil, uh, but, but it's fuel, uh, making it into diesel fuel, it's specifically, that is driving the price, and guess what? California is the big driver right now, because soybean oil is a much cleaner burning fuel than petroleum diesel.
2: Hmm. It seems like and you and I talked last night a little bit, and we'll talk about other subjects as we go on. But uh, the, the new administration is, is trying to make, uh, create an ecosystem, uh, clean system, clean air, et cetera. Is that what we're seeing in farming also?
0: Yeah. So greenhouse gases are, are their concern, and uh, carbon, carbon in, in the soil, carbon in the air. And as you know, plants through photosynthesis will, will absorb carbon and, and, and store it in the soil, in the roots, in the plant, and in the stalk, in the leaves, and all that. So if you leave that carbon in the field, then you are taking it out of the atmosphere. And so it's a cleaner way uh, to clean up the environment. Farmers will do that every year.
1: Mm-hmm. But there
0: are some, some processes that they, they see as beneficial uh, for for the environment that farmers, you know, are going to be a big part of.
2: As the president of the soybean growers, American soybean growers of America, what is your thoughts on that, if you don't mind?
0: Yeah, so one of the practices which is done a lot is no-till farming. Uh, there's some areas that till ground. It's, it's a practice that works um, where you turn the residue under, get it pre- prepared for the next season. No-till is common practice where you have highly erodible soil. So if you're farming hillsides, it really makes sense. Where I'm at in Arkansas, really flat, there's a lot more till, tilling going on. And, and they're, so they're encouraging farmers to go to that no-till route. Why? Because it reduces erosion, one, but it also reduces fuel consumption. Burning diesel, running tillage across the field, but it's the storage of that carbon, in particular, that they want us to shift to to no till.
1: So it's almost like having like a HEPA filter in your uh, car, or whatever is the, the way these plants are acting. They're cleaning it out, and then you're adding it into the ground when you uh, till your soil back over. Correct?
0: Yeah, it's, it's storage. You know, so if we can store it in the fields and not in the atmosphere, that is way the one way they see for us to reduce the greenhouse gas emissions which they you know say is going to fight climate change.
1: Right, and, and reduce your carbon footprint that they, they all, you always hear about.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Uh, another big method is to cover crops, and we can discuss that as, as deep as you want to go, but planting cover crops is another way to store carbon in the field as well.
2: Mm-hmm. So tell us, uh, next question, what makes eagle seed beans, crop beans, different than other beans out there? which I know the answer so, to it, but I want our <laughs> listeners to hear this.
0: Yeah, well, so we, we have our own breeding program, and that's kind of unique. There there, are some, you know, most of the other breeding companies in the U.S. Are, are large corporations, and they they sell their genetics to, you know, many other companies. But we have our own genetics uh, that started back in 1975. So we breed our own, and we, we as a, a family-owned business, we can – targets a lot more different areas, specific areas, of if it's high protein or high sugar or high forage or, you know, in particular, everybody wants high yield. So we as a company can get more specific on, uh, on what the farmer wants.
2: Mm. Mm. You know, something else I want to add to that, uh, uh, from knowing Eagle Seed beans and their studies and reading up on the research, Wayne Redbone, uh, their their pods, their plants will produce over. They've done, recorded over 200 pods per plant. So that's a lot of foliage.
1: Right, and I was going to say for what Brad's referring to, I, you know, yeah. by changing the genetics and and recoding things yes. to improve the plant, you're getting what far, all farmers want, and that is more tonnage for less acres. More, yeah, I say foliage tonnage, tonnage <laughs> <laughs> foliage. Yeah, but you, you got, got fall on your we, we, try to, we try to
0: do both. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, right. At the same time. Yeah, everybody, you're listening. So one the, yeah, one, yeah, go one ahead. of the unique things my my wife' choice she's our she's our main breeder is she took a normal soybean that has three leaves and she made it into seven leaves. So wow. uh, it, it absorbs more sunlight, it fixes more carbon. At the same time, it's producing a healthy plant full of pods. Uh, you know, and, and pods fill the combines, fill the bins and that puts, you know, that's where farmers make a living on of.
2: Yeah, and the price is, is very competitive to other beans, correct?
0: Absolutely, yeah. We, we try to offer our customers all over the U.S. different maturity groups because different regions need different maturity groups, so we do a lot of research uh, on developing varieties for many different areas, and, you know, that's what the farmer needs uh, because soybeans react differently to different soil types, different um, pH levels and, and mainly where they're, where they're grown, uh, if they can handle more water, or more drought. There's a lot of different uh, traits like that we work with as well as herbicide traits. Yeah.
2: One last question here. What other seeds does Eagle Seed provide for the farmers uh, for harvest?
0: So, rice, uh, where we're located, you know, Arkansas grows half of U.S. rice crops. So, we are historic rice growing area. So rice is one of our big seed producers that we, we grow mm-hmm. on our own farm. We, mm-hmm. we sell wheat uh, as well as cereal rye and, and many of the other cover crops that you would plant. Uh, and wildlife seeds, you name it, we, we offer it for sale to our customers. Yep. Yeah.
2: There you have it, folks. You want to grow the best yields. You need to buy eagle seed. We're gonna to go to a break. We come back. We're gonna talk more with Brad Doyle about farming and food plotting. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more right after this.
0: Hey y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're listening to my good buddy, Mr. Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors. It's a creek of a big
2: old hill. Year after year. Got my guys it's food plot planting time here in the
1: ozarks and all across the country what are you planting this year wayne i'm gonna putting some smorgasbord in with a whole lot of clover you wait gonna put wait, some wait, extra wait. clover
3: in it what smorgasbord? board what is smorgasbord? board
1: man it is a variety of annuals and perennials that'll get you through fall time winter time and all the way into spring
2: it's awesome you want to plant healthier food plots to track all kinds of game go to www.eagleseed.com it's a smorgasbord you know, we all get tired of certain things. This morning's board has everything your dear will in love. Eagle Seed, the hunting Foods passed on down planted deep in the ground around your heart. So you never got Buck Grits presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, segment three of the show. We are in the studio, and again, our special guest is Brad Doyle. Brad Doyle, uh, CEO, President of Eagle Seed. Uh, a master, and his wife, Joyce, is, uh, man, she is absolutely awesome breeder of soybeans and created wonderful products, Bone Wayne. And I guess we'll kick it off here, we've talked about farming. We, we'll jump back and forth here. Uh, everybody's getting ready to plant their food plots right now, Brad. What should they do to have a healthy, successful food plot? What's their first step? People are bush hogging right now. What do they need to do?
0: So We really like to know what type of fertility we're dealing with, and so a soil test, as we've mentioned in the past, is, is a great way to, to analyze your soil and, and treat every food plot differently, you know, so test mm-hmm. them all, and that way we have a basis on, you know, will clover grow there, will alfalfa grow there, will, will corn or uh, sorghum be a better choice, you know, and, it, and we're here at fall planting, so we're going to go with the cool season varieties. Mm-hmm. And does it drain well? Proper drainage is key. And then we also like to know what tools are you working with? Do you have a tractor with a no-till drill? Do you have a tractor and a disc? Or are you, are you dealing with a cultivator full-size mm-hmm. four-wheeler? So yeah. different, different tools will, will allow you to do different methods of planting.
3: Uh, so, uh, Brad, my question kind of goes back to what we were talking about in, in the last segment, and that was with the uh, soybeans. Uh, uh, how did your brand of soybeans do during the recent drought that we had in this part of the country? Because, you know, we were two months without any substantial rain across most all of southern Missouri, northern Arkansas, and over into Kentucky and Tennessee. So uh, how did your soybeans stand up as opposed to maybe some other crops out there?
0: Great question. Uh, our forage beans are, are typically later maturing, so they stay in the vegetative period longer. So our high, higher uh, yielding varieties that farmers plant in the field are usually earlier maturing, and so once they go to flower and they start to see any kind of drought stress, they can really, it can really affect or hurt the yield. So the longer maturing of our forage beans can handle that stress and stay in that vegetative uh, cycle longer, and then once we start getting the rains, they can rebound and really put on a lot of late-season uh, forage, and then they'll start flowering and make all the pods. So that in itself we've seen time and time again are just much more better, a better choice for a food plot than a regular axle bean.
3: Yeah, so I would, uh, I would imagine with the rains we've had over the last couple of weeks is they're probably just flourishing right now
0: oh, they are really taking off. And you'll really start to see the height difference, uh, you know, probably starting in mid-July through the end of the growing season because we can put on two or three more uh, times as many branches on the forage types. And we've got deer out there, you know, eating on them constantly, and then that's whenever you need that, that you know, excess forage and growth to keep, uh, keep the uh, –
1: Outrun the deer, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. Well, you better have
3: electric
0: fence up.
2: <laughs> I was, I was just
1: going to say that's one of the things that I know. In, uh when we had Brad on before, the last time we had on, we actually covered the the how to, the proper way to put an electric fence up, the the uh, the proper setup in that for it. And uh, Alex and I have neighbors down the street, uh, Nikki and road. Michael Road uh, Street Road. Yeah, Road. I'm sorry. <laughs> 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 that um, they did the electric fence last year and what a difference it made because they had one a section of their soybeans that wasn't in it, one that was, and the one that was not, they actually took a, I think it was like a four foot diameter, uh, probably about six foot tall fencing they put up, they put a cage around it and the soybeans were taller than they were, but everything else (laughs) outside of that cage was literally an inch and a half tall because a deer annihilated it. Then you pan over to where they put the, uh, uh, the electric fence up that we talked about because they they listened to it on the air and, and got the tips from that and it looked beautiful it was all six foot tall i mean it was gorgeous looking so uh you know like Brad's saying you know if you can't protect them at least these will multiply and it gives you that tonnage that you're looking for but man if you can protect them what a difference well
2: they are believers in eagle seed. yes soybeans i can tell you mike and Nikki and uh, they're also big users of buck grits so they're they're big wildlife managers I got one more question before we go to a break here with you. Uh, Why is it important to maintain and take care of food plots after they're planted? A lot of people will plant something, then they just let it go. Is there things that they can do? To help their food plots, can they treat them with, with stuff like NutriPlot? That's what we do. We spray them with NutriPlot once every two weeks. It's a liquid fertilizer. uh What is anything else out there that we can do to protect these food plots to keep insects, army worms, etc., out of there? I know at NutriPlot, Brad, they use NutriGuard and it keeps deer, insects, and everything away from it. Is there anything else out there?
0: So, yeah, I mean, scout, scout for insects, if, if they do become a problem. It takes a lot of foliation from, you know, leaf eaters, caterpillars, and things like that. Army worms are going to be a problem mm. here pretty soon. So mm-hmm. just go out there and scout them. If you want to use uh, some insecticides or, you know, there's there's some more natural products that, that contain like pepper pepper or peppermint oil. So those are some things that protect it. Uh, weed control is... Is pretty important, you know, if you've got uh, too many weeds out there, those weeds are taking up the water and the soil. They're taking up the nutrients. You've invested that into your crop. So you want to get the most out of your crop. So weed control is going to be another big part. Mm-hmm. And depending on the crop, there's, there's many different choices for that. And we consult with our customers every day on what, you know, is the best means for controlling weeds.
2: There you have it, folks, Mr. Brad Doyle. The Eagle Seed Guru, man, there's so much information coming from this guy. Uh, you can't. You, you got to come back after this break. We're gonna take a break and we're gonna talk to him about why is it important to maintain and take care of food plots again. But why is it important to plant a variety of other food sources? Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. Around your heart, so you never gotta worry, what the wind might do, American Roots.
3: If you have trouble getting your food plots to grow like you'd like for them to, I want to tell you about a product that can increase forage quality, increase plant size, plant health, nutrient availability in the plants, and whitetail nutrient intake as well. It's Nutriplot, the best bang for your buck. It's also got a wildlife attractant and food plot fertilizer in it. It's easy to spray. You can use your hand sprayer or an ATV sprayer. Nutriplot. Find more information at nutra plotcom Get more bang for your buck with Nutriplot.
2: Plot presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors segment four of the show. Again, we are in the studio and we have our special guest, Mr. Brad Dole. This guy gives so much information we just can't get it all in in one show we talk about that every time we close the show man we had 25 more questions and we you know but this guy is is a wizard i mean he's got so much information and if you're listening you want to make healthier food plots healthier crops for your farms you need to listen to this show uh, my question for you in segment four here is why is it important to plant a variety of food plots in your properties i mean a lot of these guys they want to do something simple quick they want to throw it on the ground let it, you know they don't want to spend the time to have a successful project it's just like building a house you got to have a plan and the same thing applies to food plots would you agree brad
0: absolutely so different plans have different uh, times of the year where they are more attractive to the, to the animal. So if you're just planting one species, you might be missing out on what the deer are craving at that point in time. If you have a blend or a mixture of species, you know that you've got anything and everything that they might possibly want, uh, you know, and keep them on your property versus crossing the fence going on to your neighbors who has something that they really want so plant plant a mixture like that to give you the advantage of, of a buffet, you know, so to speak. That anything they're they're craving for that day, if the temperature changes, you've got it on your property.
1: Wow. <laughs> and, and speaking of that, you know, what what new products do you have out there for the hunters this fall? So
0: we have uh we're trying to keep up with anything and everything that, that you know, new to the market. We test a lot of new products, so some Some are not yet available, but testing is one of our biggest uh, pluses for our company. Uh, We've got a new rye and radish blend, R&R blend. Uh, If if you're looking for soil health, we've got you covered on that. It still has the attraction. Uh, We've got a new 4-H blend we're working with, uh, 4-H all around the U.S., so working with kids, trying to encourage them to plant our food plots. So we do have a, a blend for them. We also give a little bit back to... Four 8 for every you know purchase of every bag. So uh, and then clovers. We're always looking for new, the newest, highest yielding, uh, you know, on annual clovers. So we've got several to choose from this year that are new.
2: Well, what I do, everybody, listeners, uh, I plant my smorgasbord every fall, and I don't know till drill. I go in. This is how I do my implement my food plots. I go in and brush hog, br- mow it all down as close to the ground as I can. Uh, and the best thing to do uh, if you want it to come back stronger is you can spray some chemicals on it to get rid of the weed, evasive weeds, and your clover will still stay there. Okay. But what I like to do is every year plant, every year replant. So I'll mow it down close to the dirt, and I will break it with a spring tooth over and over and over. Wayne's even done them for me mm-hmm. before when I was on the road. But then I'll go back in and uh, do a ph check my soil and make sure my ph is right then what i'll do is i will replant smorgasbord again then i'll let smorgasbord grow uh throughout the winter and springtime and let it grow till august then i bush hog it down and by letting it grow it makes a cover so to say to protect the clovers from the heat and my clovers are still thick under there. I just bush hogged here last week. You'll see the clover popping up everywhere, red bone. And the deer are annihilating the eagle seed clovers in there. So that's my process. That's what I do. So we also spread it with Nutriplot to help it. Uh, I had food plots last year, and we talked about in the show last week. That was wiped out by army worms, Brad. You knew about it. And I was worried to death. You said, "Oh, all right. I said it'll come back. You just need to treat it with something," and then I did, and I treated it. Within two weeks, it was back, so I didn't have to replant, and I done it with Nutriplant. So,
0: so um, yeah, get- a, lot, a lot of those, a lot of those species are annual species that grow above ground. So if army worms come in and clip it off at the ground, and they will regenerate. You just have to keep an eye on it. Mm-hmm. And what you're doing, you're spoon feeding it with your with your foliar fertilizer and mm-hmm. putting up directly on the leaf, giving it a boost at that time when it when it needs it.
2: Yes. Yes. And, and, and I done it with my golf cart and I, I got a sprayer and I made my own little uh what do you call it? Batwing. Booms. Boom. I made my own boom and sprayed my food plus in my golf cart. it's pretty cool Uh, but yeah it brought them right back so I I got another question before we wrap the show up here Uh, what is the proper methods for taking care of food plots I know we touched on it but what is their proper method uh, before they're planted and after they're planted I mean we touched on it a little bit but what is your strategy what do you recommend for people and how they need to take care of a food plot the correct way
0: so I think it's knowing the history of your, your property. If you've got weeds that are going to be problematic, such as Johnson grass, we mm-hmm. talked about. You know you can, you can be successful with a clover plot there by using a product like Plepidem. Okay. So it just kills grass. If you've got a ton of broadleaves, it might not be the best choice for clover because we're kind of limited on, on the herbicides we can use. Uh, if you have a lot of mixture of weed species, our, our roundup ready forage soybeans are great in the summertime. You're looking at a fall planting. A smorgasbord this is another great tool that provides cover. Let it grow as late as you want to in the spring. That uh-huh. shades out a lot of those spring weeds. Yes. If you have a, if you have a no till drill, you can just drop it in there and plant that soybean crop and just keep it rolling.
1: Beautiful. Hm,
2: beautiful. So we've learned something there, Wayne.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to say, just I uh, want to touch base real quick, because I did the uh, the uh, Buffalo, uh, Buffalo Summer Blend this year uh-huh. for the first time on that new plot uh, area that we opened up and uh, had great results with that. Um, and, and like I said last week, unfortunately, my sunflowers didn't come up, but the drought had a lot to do with that, I'm sure. But I was extremely pleased, and the amount of uh, pictures I'm getting on there of the deer coming in every evening to that, um, it w- is is amazing because normally in the summertime I just don't have anything I wasn't I had didn't have anything to offer, and now with this summer blend, I, when I go and till that underneath, it's going to give me that that nutrients I need in my ground and that for this coming spring's plants.
2: I have a question for you uh, before we wrap it up. Here we got like two minutes left. Uh, how many food plots or how much, what percentage of food plots per acre or acreage do you suggest, Brad? Uh, of planting on farms, meaning uh, I know you're probably going to answer with, "Well, it depends on how much wildlife you have." So what I've done on my property, I've got I'm going to have seven food plots. I've got about ten acres of open pasture that I plant food plots in. I'm going to do seven food plots, and it'll probably be about five acres total on 125 acres. But I've probably got 50 does on that property. Then when the rut comes in, bucks come from everywhere. So what do you recommend? Five,
0: so, yeah, I, I'd say five to ten percent is a great, you know, place to be. If you can, if you can at least get five percent of your property into food plots, the deer are going to survive without food plots. Oh, but yeah. you want to bring them into your, you know, line of sight. You know, do I do I want to harvest mm-hmm. this animal or not? It's also a great way to put cameras up and and, and survey your property and see how many you have. But five to ten percent would be. Uh, and, and expand them, you know, every year if you can, trim a little bit around the edge. Make sure you're trimming those overhanging branches because on small plots it really does matter, yeah. uh, you know, the shading part of that.
2: Yeah, they got to have so much daylight, correct, like 60% daylight during the day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Clo- that's why clovers are really good for small shaded plots. They, they're they one of the best for, for that area. Big, wide-open areas, you, you've got, you know, numerous choices where you can plant.
1: Yeah, and we're going to talk more about that clover and small plots on the bonus segment. Um, and for those of you that have been listening to the show, if you missed any of the show, uh, make sure you just hop on over to your favorite podcast, carrier. You can hear the show in its entirety, plus the bonus segment that we're going to cover with Brad. And uh, again, make sure you leave us a review. And we got a giveaway that we'll be announcing, too, in the bonus segment.
2: Yes, sir. We want to thank you uh, for being on the show with us. And again, if you want to listen to the bonus segment, go to your favorite podcast, carrier, Redbone. I know you're ready for deer season. I'm ready. We're all ready. We're getting people fired up, pumped up. Uh, More great information for us to have more successful food plots from this show. You've been a wonderful guest again, as always, Brad. And we appreciate our friendship and also uh, being able to work with you and helping you promote this wonderful company. Thank you. Yes. We're going to wrap up the show here. Remember, share the outdoors with a child share the outdoors with somebody you love you know god's creation is why we're all here and uh you know we can't do it without sharing we got to share we got to teach our kids about what our future is about that's the great outdoors and remember this
1: when your roots run deep and strong there's no reason to fear the wind so you never gotta worry
3: what the wind. Way- we joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Accurate, deadly, dependable, Hornady Ammunition. From a two man operation in 1949 to a world leading innovator of bullet, ammunition, reloading tool, and accessories design and manufacturer today. Hornady. Each piece is hand inspected to ensure consistency and quality. Ammunition engineered to perform flawlessly. Simply put, the best. Hornady ammunition. Find Hornady ammunition at a retailer near you and at hornady.com.
2: Eagle Seed. Wise Eye, Buck Grits, Hornady, Nutriplant presents American Roots Outdoors bonus segment. Take it away, Mr. Wayne Luck.
1: Yeah, if you're listening to this, that means you're listening to us on your favorite podcast, Curry. We appreciate that. Uh, please leave us a review. Make sure you leave your name and the state you're from in the review so we can contact you when we pull winners. Uh, we're going to be doing a Nutriplot and Eagle Seed giveaway here for this episode. And we have a Nutriplot hat that's going to be autographed. And we're going to have something from Decals. Eagle Seed uh, to throw in that package and that for you. And just go to the American Roots Outdoors podcast page on facebook for details and we'll also post it on the american roots outdoors page also be sure to go like eagle
2: seeds facebook page and follow them go to their website also and give them
1: comments talk to them send them pictures send them pictures they love pictures. they love testimonials yes they do
2: <laughs> and tell them american roots outdoors sent you
1: and speaking of testimonials, I'm going to touch real base Brad. I'm going to, I'm going to brag on you a little bit here. You had uh, told me about putting some clover down in this, uh, my tractor path that oh, I yeah. had put in this year. And you're like, Hey, just use clover. It'll grow great in the shade and, and it works real good. Um, uh, let me tell you what I have <laughs> never <laughs> seen this much clover and this healthy and this thick that I had in my tractor soil and that right in this rocky soil than I've ever seen in my life of anything because I thought I was going to be just dealing with mud the entire time this was like a lush brand new football field that was laid in it was beautiful looking and I want to say thanks a lot and uh I cannot praise you guys enough for how good your clover is and what it did to my our tractor path and that that uh, now surrounds our whole farm And I will send you pictures because you will not believe the pictures that this thing is producing. Believe me, he sees some good stuff, Wayne. He's like a kid, oh, this He's is like good. A
2: kid on Christmas morning. I, I got to see if my clover's growing. <laughs> growing. Oh, a- man, a- Alex,
0: a- Alex come control over control and look at this clover. Food plot all in one. Right.
2: Yeah. 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 So I want to ask the question. Okay, we've talked about farm, we've talked about food plotting. You know, with our government today, we've noticed that government's wanting to encourage farmers to be equal, friendly, and possibly divert from breaking dirt and encourage no-till drilling. What are the pros and cons of doing this?
0: So right now, uh, as president of the American Soybean Association, I go to Washington, D.C., as you mentioned. We, we are talking with this administration on – what farmers are already doing because many farmers already you know have some of these practices in place. But the main thing that we're, we're looking for is is an incentive base. So the farmer needs needs some help. But if it's a monetary incentive or you know some type of credit, but we want it to be voluntary and incentive based. So we don't want to be forced into doing something that we're, we can't do or it would be hard for mm-hmm. us to do. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a no-till drill's not cheap. So if you're not set up with a no-till drill, then you'd have to go out and, and purchase a, a really expensive drill just to do some of these practices. So we, we just encourage them to work with us. Uh, we get a lot of farmer feedback on what they're, what they're willing to do, what it would take to get them to uh, you know, incentivize them to do that. So I think the main thing, we're just we're keeping in contact with USDA and the, and the federal government on what, uh, what we can work together on, on these projects.
3: Yeah, I think it would also be important, Brad, and I'm sure it's part of the conversation, is you also, at the same time, don't want to penalize those farmers that can't afford, say, the no-till drill uh, equipment uh, that don't participate. I mean, that's got to be a balance, right?
0: Absolutely. And so that's another great point. If you want to apply to many of the programs out there, EQIP is one, Environmental Quality Incentive Program through USDA, which also enhances wildlife on your farm, is we don't want you know if a grower is not participating in the no-till or cover crop program, but we still want them to qualify for those types of programs like ESWP or CSB, and and so that is that's really important. As you said, farmers may have a budget; they are limited on their on their equipment, and a purchase may be out for you know this year. So we don't want them to be penalized for that reason. Now
1: is, is there a, like a, a- uh, minimum quota like you know you we're saying we're talking about farmers and, and buying this equipment is it the government look and say well unless you got a thousand acres you know we're really not going to deal with you or will it is this something that the smaller farmers like around here who maybe maybe only have 50 60 70 acres uh, can participate in
0: so it's not really based on the size of your farm but it is right now is what we're seeing it's based on your your past practices so if you've been no- tilling for 30 years they're not really looking to incentivize those farmers, as sad as that sounds. But they're really looking to the new adopters, someone who, who have, haven't been no-tilling or haven't been planting cover crops. Those are the ones that are going to be targeting.
3: Okay. Mm. Good stuff. Yeah, you know, and we, we're, yeah. we're kind of talking about food plotting here. And I had a question because, Brad, you know, uh, most of our listening area uh, is in the Ozark Hills. And a lot of times, guys out there saying, "Well, I don't have anything but but hills and hollers. I don't know if I can put it in a food plot. Does eagle seed? I mean, can you help them with that process? I mean, if if we're looking at planting on the side of a hill or or in a deep holler or on top of a ridge or something, can can you help them with what would be best for them to plant in those types of areas?
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you're limited on equipment, there are there are some broadcast. Uh, practices with, with you can incorporate mowing with right before a rain. So there are some of our blends that do work well when you can't till, you can't drill, things like that. So that would that is uh, available to you know for the ones who have limited uh, practices or Yeah,
3: because every time you, you start to put that drill in the ground, it's going to hit a
0: rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. Well, fr- frost seeding, frost seeding is another great method too. The great thing about the cover crops, many of these are the same species that deer love. So, if, if cover crops are being introduced on a farm that you hunt, it's a win for both of you.
2: Awesome,
1: awesome stuff! Bad of eagle seed, Wayne. Yeah, I was to say, and one of the things that I know when I used to watch these hunting shows or listen to the different you know hunting radio shows, and that you always hear these guys talk about. Well, I put in you know a, a twenty-acre plot. I have you know ten, fifteen-acre plots, and that, but you can have just a quarter acre and be successful by getting something from you and putting in just a quarter acre. Am I correct?
0: Oh, absolutely. If you can manipulate a deer's path to swing by your property, check on that plot, even if it's for five minutes, and you're in a stand, you can make the decision if you're going to harvest that animal or not. So that's really all you want to do is have the opportunity. And that's why there are a lot of small farms that are just as successful as the big farms Yes. i you harvesting know, big, giant deer.
1: Yeah, you just got to get the girls to visit the plot, and the boys will follow.
2: Yeah, get them to pee in the plots. <laughs> get them to pee on the plots and, uh, uh, and leave the scent everywhere, and it'd be a magnet. Yep. There you have it, folks. Brad Dole, more great information to help you create better food plots and help your farmers grow healthier crops and, and have more coverage and more
1: return on your crops. And Brad, where can see. they reach you at?
2: Uh, dot com or 870-684-7377. Eagleseed.com everybody. Go there. If you got questions, you got ideas on food plots, uh, communicate with these folks. These folks are just like you and me. They, they love the outdoors and they give back and, uh, know, they'll, get, they'll, they'll a give you company. direction. That's they, what I have, like. They'll help
1: you. They'll, help they'll take you. your phone call. Yeah. If you, if this is your first time planning a food plot and you're not sure what to do, Call them up because they will walk you right through. And that's, that's phenomenal.
2: That's right. Again, thank you for listening everybody all across this great universe that we live in that we call the world. And thank you to all of our listeners, uh, all locally too, through all the local networks that we air on. And remember, share the outdoors with somebody you love, especially kids. And I'm going to give a big shout out to Cross Trail Outfitters and ozark missouri they got an event coming up where i'll be speaking at october the first sharing the my love of the outdoors and jesus christ october 1st come and visit with me come and listen and we'll have a great evening with these kids and remember this everybody when your roots run deep and strong there's no reason
3: to fear the wind